Again, welcome to Sunrise. Thank you to our team. What a, what a wonderful uh, blessing to have our team leading us into God's presence through song this morning. And I want to, at this point, uh, dismiss our boys and girls for children in worship time. Uh, many of them were just up front here, and you can see what a treasure God has given us in our, our young ones. And uh, they are going to be learning more about that wonderful person and name of Jesus through children in worship and that ministry. We thank our teachers and helpers for, for their part. Gracias a los que ayudan con los niños. Es tiempo de niños en adoración. And again, I want to thank our guests. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jenkins, for being here. And thank you to your lovely wife, too, for being with us today, for, for blessing us with your presence. And uh, it's just uh, so great to see what God is doing in our community. And that's part of what, what we hope to show through this time of Advent, that, that God's at work way beyond us, way beyond us. Dios está obrando más allá de nosotros. As we begin this first Sunday in Advent, this time of preparation, I want to draw your attention to our scripture, and it is from the prophet Isaiah today. Hoy vamos a mirar el profeta Isaías, Isaiah chapter 42, and we'll be reading a little bit of an extensive reading. The first nine verses, Isaías 42, del versículo 1 al 9. I invite you, if you have your Bibles there, to open them on up. And uh, we have Bibles in the back if you don't have a Bible. Si no tienes Biblia, hay Biblias detrás. We encourage you, welcome you to grab one and to look along with us. We have a page number up on the screen there. That will help you to find it. La página en la pantalla indica donde está ese texto en las Biblias de atrás. Y las pueden usar y hasta llevar a su casa si no tienen. I'm going to be uh, reading first in English, and then we'll read it and share uh, the reading in Spanish. Primero voy a leer en inglés, después en español. God is speaking here. These are the words of God through the inspired prophet. Son palabras de Dios por medio del profeta. God says, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law the islands will put their hope. This is what God, the Lord, says, he who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Ese es mi siervo a quien sostengo, me he escogido en quien me deleito. Sobre él he puesto mi espíritu y llevará justicia a las naciones. No clamará, ni gritará, ni alzará por su voz por las calles. No acabará de romper la caña quebrada, ni apagará la mecha que apenas arde. Con fidelidad hará justicia. 
no vacilará ni se desanimará hasta implantar la justicia en la tierra. Las cosas lejanas esperan su enseñanza. Así dice Dios el Señor, el que creó y desplegó los cielos, el que expandió la tierra y todo lo que ella produce, el que da aliento al pueblo que la habita y vida a los que en ella se mueven. Yo el Señor te he llamado en justicia, te he tomado de la mano, yo te formé, yo te constituí como pacto para el pueblo, como luz para las naciones, para abrir los ojos de los ciegos, para librar de la cárcel a los presos y del calabozo a los que habitan en tinieblas. Yo soy el Señor, ese es mi nombre. No entrego a otros mi gloria ni mi alabanza a los ídolos. Las cosas pasadas se han cumplido y ahora anuncio cosas nuevas. Las anuncio antes que sucedan. So I have a busy life, and I'm sure you do too, and what I found in my life in the last few years is that I get very little time to actually uh, turn on a football game or a baseball game on TV and just watch a game. Okay, I don't get much time for that. No me da mucho tiempo de mirar los deportes en la televisión. But it, when I do, and usually it's when my favorite team is playing, When I do, I, I find that I have a problem. I, I have to confess this to you. Tengo un problema que tengo que confesar. When I'm watching a game, especially if my favorite team is involved, I very easily get impatient. And I'm tempted to actually turn off the TV and walk away. A veces me impaciento y quiero apagar la televisión. Now, why is that? Well, as I think about it, there's really two things that will make me want to just give up on a game. Hay dos cosas por las cuales me doy vencido. First of all, uh, if I in any way perceive that the officiating is bad, in other words, it's against my team, right? Or the announcers are biased. If I perceive that they really don't like my team and they favor the other team, si los árbitros hacen malas decisiones o los anunciadores eh, prefieren al otro equipo, I don't like that. I mean, if the deck is stacked against my team, that's going to really get to me. And the other thing that'll usually make me walk away is, frankly, if my team's just getting buried, right? I mean, if my team is losing 42 to nothing, I mean, I've got better things to do in my time than to watch my team take such a beating, to, to take such punishment. Si mi equipo está perdiendo 42 a 0, no quiero ver tal castigo, so I'll turn it off. Now, as I think about it, in both of those cases, what's happening is that I am leaving the game Because I perceive there's no hope. Percibo que no hay esperanza. I mean, if the, if the officiating is bad, I mean, there's no hope of a fair contest. Si las decisiones son malas, no hay esperanza de, de una competencia justa. Or, if my team's losing, they're getting slaughtered, there's no hope of victory. Y si pierde por mucho, no hay esperanza de la victoria. In both cases, it's a lack of hope that's going to cause me to check out. Now, I think we could say the opposite is also true, right? Where there is justice, where there's a sense of fairness, what do you have? You have hope. Donde hay justicia, esperanza. And where 
we feel that we have power, we have the ability to overcome our circumstances or to win the day in some way or to see things change for the better. Cuando sentimos tener poder de cambiar las circunstancias. Again, what do we have? We have hope. There's something I think inside of us as human beings that longs for those two things. We long for justice, we long for 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 fairness and we long for power. Queremos la justicia, queremos el poder. In fact, I think you could say that really justice and power are the building blocks of hope. That's the foundation. La justicia y el poder son los cimientos de la esperanza. I want us to have that in mind then as today we look into our scripture from Isaiah chapter 42 because what the Bible tells us is that centuries ago God set about to form a team of people and he put this team on the playing field of this planet to be a force for hope in the world. Dios formó un equipo de doce tribos para ser fuerza de esperanza. It was a team made up of 12 different tribes, a team we know of course as the people of Israel. Fue Israel and Israel was to demonstrate justice in the world. In fact, God put Israel on the earth to show forth his justice and his fairness to the rest of the world. And the way that Israel was to do that was by following a code of conduct, laws and, and regulations that would help them to live in a right relationship with people. Dios les dio uh, uh, leyes para vivir en una relación recta y justa con nosotros. They were to do what? They were to love their neighbor as themselves. And in that way, show the justice, show the fairness of God. Iban a amar a su prójimo como a sí mismo. But that's not all. Not only was Israel to show justice, Israel, in their worship of God and in their, their following of God, they were to show forth the power and the presence of God in the world. Al adorar a Dios iba a mostrar el poder de Dios en el mundo. And that powerful presence of God that they showed forth was, was to help others to show the other nations that God had the power to overcome the evil forces that were holding them down. Dios así tenía el poder de, de, de suprimir las fuerzas malvadas del mundo. And in, so in that way they were to give hope by worshiping God. And God alone, they were going to show justice. They were going to show power to the world. And so God literally called Israel his servant. Israel era el siervo de Dios. But somewhere early in the game, around the first quarter or so, Israel got off track. Israel se despistó. They began to twist and bend and then break and trample on the laws that God had given to them. Empezaron a torcer y hasta quebrar las leyes de Dios. And as they were breaking and trampling on these laws, what began to happen in the society around Israel was that they were breaking and trampling on the weakest people in their midst, the widows, the poor, the orphans, así atropellaban a las viudas y, y pobres, los débiles. There was no justice around them. It wasn't fair. But that's not all. Israel began to flirt, 
to flirt with other spiritual powers and other spiritual forces, coqueteaban con otras fuerzas espirituales. They began to worship and, and to acclaim the idols, the false gods of the other nations around them. Aclamaban a los ídolos. And those idols, those false gods were promising them power for the things they wanted, power for fertility of their crops, power for sex, power for money, power for all of that. And so they went after that. Adoraban a los ídolos que prometían poder de, de, de la fertilidad, sexo, eh, la prosperidad económica, and they forgot the worship of God. They, they were unjust, unjust, and they were dedicated to idolatry, the very opposite of what God had asked of them. They were no longer serving his purposes. Ya no servían sus propósitos con su injusticia e idolatría. And so God, in effect, called a timeout in the game. Dios hizo una pausa. And he sent Israel to the showers. He caused their enemies to invade them, to take them away into exile, destroyed their temple. Everything that they had, the whole society came crumbling down. Dios les envió al exilio. And it would seem at that point that the game was over, that God, in effect, had turned off the game and walked away because there was no justice and there was no power to change. At least the people were living that way. But here, in Isaiah 42, God begins to speak of a new servant. Right there in verse 1, here's my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight, I will put my spirit on him. God is, is picking out a new servant who's going to come onto the field of play and he's going to pick up where Israel failed and he's going to begin to carry the mission of God forward. Hay un nuevo siervo que va a cumplir con la misión de Israel. And it says the way he's going to do that is he will bring justice to the nations, traerá justicia a las naciones. Instead of trampling on God's laws and trampling on God's ways and trampling on God's people, he's going to do the opposite. Verse 3 says, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. No acabará de romper la caña quebrada ni apagará la mecha que apenas arde. In other words, this new servant will come to people who are on the edge of hopelessness and he'll do what's right by them. Va a ser lo que es recto para los que están en desesperanza. That's not all. It goes on to say, in faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. Justice will be in the world. Confidelidad hará justicia. No vacilará ni se desanimará hasta implantar la justicia en la tierra. And because he's doing what's right, because he's making the right calls and doing the right things and doing the fair thing, in his law, there's a new law that this servant will bring, a new way of living. He will complete God's law, and in his law, the ends of the earth, the islands, they're going to put their hope. There's going to be hope. En su ley, su manera de vivir, hasta los confines de la tierra, las costas lejanas van a esperar en su esperanza. And then it goes on to say, not only that, but when this servant comes, God himself is coming with him. Dios mismo viene con este. 
the same God who created the world, who created the heavens, who, who gave life and breath to everything, this same God is going to accompany this servant. Este mismo Dios va a acompañar este siervo. It says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. Yo, el Señor, te he llamado en justicia, te he tomado de la mano. This servant's going to come down hand in hand with God. And it says, I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. Te formé y yo te constituí para hacer pacto para el pueblo, luz para las naciones. In other words, the picture here is that this servant comes down with God hand in hand and he's going to fulfill the mission, the agreement that Israel was supposed to keep and didn't. Él va a cumplir con el pacto que Israel no pudo cumplir and he will be a light for the nations. Not only that, but in some way we get the sense here that this servant is going to come and he's going to take Israel by the hand. And he's going to lead Israel to complete its agreement. And he's going to lead Israel to be a light for the nations. También va a tomar de la mano a Israel y llevar a Israel a ser luz para las naciones. And what's going to be the result of this? Blind people are going to see Imprisoned people will have the power of God to be set free. Los ciegos van a ver, los presos van a estar libres. And people who are in the dungeon of doom, of darkness, are going to be delivered. Los que están en tinieblas van a estar libres también. In other words, when this servant comes down, there's going to be hope not just a vague idea, not just a concept of hope, but real hope, real hope that there will be fairness and the power to live in a new way. Habrá una esperanza verdadera. And the proof of this, verse eight says, is that God is gonna do this and he will get the credit. He will get the glory. Idols won't get any of it. Los ídolos no van a recibir el crédito, la gloria. And, and God is going to announce it and is announcing it beforehand. Before it happens and then you watch, it's going to happen. That's the proof that it's from God. Dios lo anuncia de antemano y va a pasar. And guess what? It does. Because you see, God is the real deal. God's the real deal. Dios es el verdadero. And this servant that God's going to send centuries after this prediction is the real deal too. And that servant we all know is Jesus. Este siervo que envía a Dios siglos después es el verdadero que es Jesús. Jesus is that servant. Think about it. He's the perfect man he comes down to the playing field of this world and he lives a perfectly just and fair life. First one to do it. He lives a life of treating people the way they should be treated. Always. Jesús lleva una vida perfecta de justicia. And what does that earn him? A ticket to the most unjust, unfair death of all time. 
y él muere de una forma totalmente injusta. On the cross, Jesus, the perfectly just one, is treated with total injustice. And he becomes the bruised reed that is broken. He becomes the wick that is snuffed out. He who is the one who created it all becomes the weakest. El se hace el más débil. Why? To complete the mission of God. But that's not the end because you see he rises from the dead. And in rising from the dead, he brings hope. He shows forth the justice of God, the power of God to overcome the greatest enemies we have. Sin and hell and Satan and death, they're all defeated by the weakness which is almighty power of Jesus Christ. El derrota el pecado, la muerte, infierno, Satanás. You see how that works. Praise God. Jesus absorbs all the unfairness and the evil of the world that he might bring us the righteousness and the victory of God. That's the message that we're sitting on today. It's like a, a, a candle burning. It's like a rocket that's on fire, ready to launch. That's what we have the opportunity to proclaim as Christians. Ese es el mensaje que proclamamos. That's really the message of Advent, that this is the one who's come. Jesus Christ is the embodiment, the incarnation of real hope. Jesucristo es la encarnación de la verdadera esperanza. Why? Because in him, in Jesus, the perfect justice and the divine power of God combine to bring us healing and to bring us victory and freedom. En Jesús, el perf la perfecta justicia, el poder divino de Dios combinan para sanarnos y librarnos. That's the message we have the opportunity to proclaim. Now here's the challenge. This is what we're up against in this game on this playing field. And this is where it can be very difficult. We enter a, a season now of preparing for Christmas and in the rest of the world, there is a lot of skepticism maybe, but not just skepticism, hopelessness. I mean, I, I think for a lot of people, there's a great temptation, even for myself, when I see the, the world around us right now, there's a great temptation to want to turn off Christmas because there's so much of this season that is artificial. There's so much of this season that's just manufactured. Hay tanto de esta temporada que fabricada que es artificial. For For all of us, Christmas is promoted as a family holiday. It's a family holiday. Gather with the family. Es una fiesta familiar. And yet, for someone who doesn't have a family, that doesn't seem fair, does it? No parece justo para los que no tienen familia. At this time of year, perhaps more than any other, 
there is incredible pressure upon people to buy gifts, to, to, to buy things with money they don't have, to purchase gifts that other people really don't need, to rack up debt that you can never pay back. That's definitely not fair. I don't see any fairness in that. Hay presión para comprar regalos que la gente no necesita y después uno no puede pagar. For those who are depressed. Have you ever been depressed during Christmas? For those who are depressed, the, the beautiful decorations, the sweet songs just kind of seem to mock what they're going through. Para los deprimidos, las canciones, las luces se burlan de ellos. It seems weak. I mean, where's, where's the hope? Maybe you're in a place like that or you know someone in a place like that. You're, you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling overpowered by things. Uh, you're, you're feeling maybe cheated by life or by the world. A lo mejor te sientes estafado por el mundo, abrumado por las cosas. You're, you're swimming in a sea of, of grief. Perhaps there's been a loved one that you've lost in recent weeks or months. Uh, perhaps there's something you're facing in terms of your health that is overwhelming you or, or financially you're, you're in debt or you're anxious. You're just anxious and fearful and you don't even quite know why. Estás abrumado y enfocado. If you're in those circumstances today, and chances are in a room like this, there are people in those circumstances, you don't just need optimism. You don't just need a pep talk, like a halftime speech, right? You, you, you don't need uh, uh, positive thoughts or wishful thinking. No necesitas optimismo si estás en esas condiciones. What you're looking for, you're looking for hope. You're looking for flesh and blood, real hope. Quieres esperanza de verdad. And I'm here to say, we're here to say, Jesus Christ is that hope. Jesucristo es esa esperanza. In flesh and in blood. Look with me at 1 Peter 1.3. And if you can't, uh, I have it on the screen as well. 1 Peter 1.3 says this, Primera Pedro 1.3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Alabado sea Dios Padre de nuestro Señor Jesucristo por su gran misericordia nos ha hecho nacer de nuevo mediante la resurrección de Jesucristo para que tengamos una esperanza viva. We have a living hope in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is a living Lord and Savior. That's our living hope. Tenemos una esperanza viva porque Jesús vive para siempre. Jesus is the suffering servant. Él es el siervo que sufre. The innocent man who suffered injustice so that we could be made just and right with God. El inocente que sufrió la injusticia para hacernos justos ante Dios. But Jesus is not just the suffering servant. He's the triumphant servant. He's risen from the dead. Jesucristo ha resucitado los muertos and, and he extends his hand. He is the one who's come to take us by the hand. God wants to take you by the hand 
and lead you into a new life, lead you into abundant life, lead you into a life filled with hope. Él te toma de la mano para llevarte en la esperanza. That's not just a pipe dream. That's not just an illusion. That's real. That's real. And I want to encourage you with that. That's what God gives us today through his word. So we need to be able to make this distinction because there's, there's, there's kind of the false hope and the true hope. Christmas is not about commercialism, materialism, egotism. Those are the false gods of our day. La Navidad no se trata del comercialismo, materialismo, egoísmo. Son dioses falsos. Those gods will let you and me down at some point. But Jesus is our living hope. And Christmas is about the incarnation, the, the embodiment of that. He is the one who brings God's justice and victory to us. El trae la justicia y la victoria de Dios. And so I want to invite you this morning. Take a moment and I want to invite you to surrender your dashed hopes to Jesus Christ. Rinde tus esperanzas quebradas al Señor Jesús. I don't know what those are. But I invite you to surrender your dashed hopes to Jesus Christ and allow him to take you by the hand and walk you through whatever you're going through. Él te puede tomar de la mano para caminar contigo. Here's the thing. Not only will Jesus walk you into the light of his hope, but, but the deal is this. He wants us to be his Israel. He wants God's people, we are to be a force for hope in the world and we are to not only walk in the light of Christ, we are to invite other people to reach out their hand and their heart to Jesus and to walk into the light. And in that way, actually, hope comes not only from finding hope yourself, but hope comes from helping other people to find hope. La esperanza no viene solo de encontrar la esperanza para uno mismo, sino para los demás. So I want to ask you this question this week. How can you, how can you bring hope? How can we be a force for hope in the world around us? How might God want you this week to correct some injustice around you? ¿Cómo puedes corregir alguna injusticia esta semana? How might God actually use you or me to, to bring and to show other people that there's a pathway to freedom, that there's a way forward for their lives? There's somebody around you that probably needs to know that. I know because I talk to them. Hay una persona que puede llevar a la libertad. So here's what I want to invite you to do. Don't do what I do. Don't turn off life and walk away. No apagues la vida, ni te vayas. Jesus extends his hand. He says, grab onto me by faith. Agarra la mano de Jesús por fe. Grab onto me, and you're grabbing on to hope. Agarras la esperanza.
I want to pray with you in just a moment. What we're going to do is we're going to have our offering time after I pray. And I want to get you ready for that as well. And that's connected to everything we've been talking about right here. When we give, when we invest in the work of God, we're actually investing in hope. I love how the ministry of reaching higher in uh, Tulare Community Church, they have these t-shirts that say hope dealer on them. We're hope dealers. And our offering is a way to invest in the hope of Jesus Christ. Queremos transmitir la esperanza de Jesús invirtiendo la ofrenda. Es una manera de hacerlo. So would you join me in prayer right now? Vamos a orar. Heavenly Father, I'm just aware this morning that there may be people right here for whom the lights are very dim right now. And I want to pray personally for each one of those persons. Quiero orar por esas personas que no tienen esperanza hoy día. Lord Jesus, you want to reach out to them. Help us to reach out to those who are hurting around us. We thank you when life hardly seems fair and when it seems like there's no possibility of overcoming our circumstances that even in the darkest places we have Jesus. Aún en los lugares más oscuros donde la vida no parece justa ni hay poder de superar, ahí está Jesús. Lord, I thank you again for the many ways you show your presence in our community. Thank you for, for teachers and for school administrators and people who work in hospitals and in law enforcement and in churches. Lord, use us. Forgive us where we've failed, but use us not only to have hope, but to spread it, to give it. Úsanos, Señor, para difundir tu esperanza en el mundo. Please accept our humble gifts as we share in our offering time now. Acepten, acepta estas ofrendas, Señor. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.